See, at the end of the day, we work to run our lives. Our work is a part of our lives. Uh, salary is probably the most important single variable in selecting a job, but salary cannot be looked at in isolation. So this is a clear challenge that a lot of people face because the package that they get, the CTC that they get is not sufficient to cover the financial obligations in their lives. Your career is like a living, breathing organism and building great careers requires nurturing them with strategic guidance. Hi, my name is Savan Kapoor and I'm India's leading career coach, also known as the Career Guy. Welcome to the Career Headquarters. comprehensive career podcast on the internet where I will bring you groundbreaking insights on everything career related. Whether you are seeking a career abroad or wanting to switch industries, whether you are entry level or a mid-career professional or a senior leader, I have seen it all. As an award-winning CEO of one of the largest and most profitable beverage alcohol companies, my career spanned three continents, multiple industries and provided me with an accelerated roadmap to the very top. So if you want to build an exceptional career and 3x your paycheck, this podcast is for you. Welcome to today's episode of Career Headquarters, the most comprehensive career podcast. Hi, Savan, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Deepa? I'm good as well. Are you excited for today? Yes. What are we talking about? So today's episode is about certain critical career challenges that working professionals face hmm. and how they can overcome them. So according to you, what are the most frequent and most critical challenges that professionals face in their careers? Um, well, there are several. Um, I would say, you know, if I was to list some of them, uh, one would be putting themselves in a position where it's a no-win job, right? So the expectations have to be measured, right? So if you look at a, certain jobs like a job, um, you know, for the coach of the Indian cricket team. Hmm. Now, nobody wants the cricket team to ever come second, right? Losing a match is not an acceptable outcome. So by default, that's a little bit of a no-win job, right? Because no team is going to win every match, right? So I think that's one challenge. You know, you, the people put themselves in a position where they are chasing growth in a manner and they've set up expectations where the company is expecting them to take it up a notch every time they, they have an opportunity to play. Um, this can land up becoming a challenge because you're only going to grow on the boundary of support and uh, challenge, right? So if you don't have the opportunity to learn from your mistakes, uh, that growth will have a limitation. It will have a, a ceiling on top of it. This ability to fail every once in a while and reinvent yourself is what creates durable success. So this is one challenge that I see a lot of people put themselves into. A second very obvious challenge is a lack of resources. So if you've not been given the budget or the team or the timeline to be able to perform and deliver the outcomes, um, then that is again a situation that can create stress and it's a critical challenge for a lot of people because it's an unrealistic situation. What you are being asked to do, you're not going to be able to do because of the resource structure that is being provided. It's like saying, if you ask a camel to pick up 500,000 kilos, it's just way out of the range of a camel, right? Um, another obvious challenge would be a low salary. 
See, at the end of the day, we work to run our lives. Our work is a part of our lives. Uh, salary is probably the most important single variable in selecting a job, but salary cannot be looked at in isolation. So this is a clear challenge that a lot of people face because the package that they get, the CTC that they get is not sufficient to cover the financial obligations in their lives. Um, no one else is going to wake up with the goal of helping you become a master of your career and, and your job. So it is your responsibility. So know what you are accepting. Go into it with an open, open eyes, you know, because you accept something and then you've not committed to it. You keep second guessing it. It's going to end in disaster. They're going to tolerate you for three months, insult you for another three months and then throw you out. So, you know, you have to be very clear about what you want. And that's where I say you have to practice what is known as dynamic acceptance. If you cannot change it, then it's better to accept it. If you can change it, then change it. And if it is unacceptable to you, to re then remove yourself from the situation. So these are your only three options whenever you are faced with a difficult situation in, in life. Either you accept it or you change it or you get out of there. Um, another challenge I see is a lot of professionals at some point will question, should I do an MBA? You know, MBA has been the gold standard of education and it can create options. Um, but this is a, 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 a challenge that a lot of people in their mid-career stage land up facing, especially when they are also going through a midlife crisis. They want to upskill, they want to get better opportunities. They are realizing what they have is not sufficient and they are not growing. So, you know, going back to, to college to get a more enhanced degree that will create options is something that a lot of people consider. But a lot of people land up getting it wrong, right? So that's a, that's a critical challenge. Another challenge that uh, working professionals will face, uh, and some do, uh, is living apart. You know, the husband has a career, the wife has a career, um, and you know, it, it may uh, be such where you're working for different companies in different cities, uh, or there may be a opportunity where one is getting promoted and one may have to move because of that promotion. So the point here is you have to understand that any area of your life that you don't empower, that area will overpower you. And relationships are going to be the, the beauty of your life. It's going to allow you to enjoy your success once you are successful. And your actions make a difference in the relationship, not your intention. So if you don't bring that balance um, in your relationships, then it will feel like an empty victory. So there is a cost to living apart. You can't work on the relationship. You know, it's a, it becomes a long distance affair, a long distance thing. And that's where, you know, relationships can suffer. Um, another challenge that working professionals come up against is should they take a sabbatical? And a lot of companies today offer a sabbatical. You know, there's a, there's a sabbatical policy that they have. Now, there is tremendous value to a sabbatical. But again, most people don't know how to take one and, you know, use that time effectively. Because a sabbatical is not just to rest and recharge. Um, it can give you the opportunity to spend more time with your family. But at the same time, it can also be a great opportunity to work on yourself. So it's not all about fun time. There is a rest and recharge element to it, but uh, it also can be a very focused opportunity. Uh, if you put a solid plan in place, the advantages of a sabbatical can be many. 
Another challenge that working professionals face is that a lot of people want to switch industries or switch functions. And again, this is somewhat related with that midlife crisis. They've not been able to make the kind of progress that they expected to make at that 7, 10, 12, 15 year mark of their career. Um, and there is a remorse, you know, and that remorse drives them to say, only if I tried something else, maybe I'd be better at it. But if you don't know what your true calling is, what you value most, then you're leaving one problem and jumping into another problem. And if you switch without having this awareness, then you may have to start much lower because you're not familiar with that function or that industry. So, you know, there is a degree of difficulty that operates in switching. Uh, and I think we've done a separate episode on, yes, on switching, yeah. you know, industries and functions. But the point here is switching industries is relatively easier. Switching functions is more difficult. So if you want to go from, you know, the building materials industry to, uh, you know, the professional services industry, that's probably a little easier than it is if you want to go from finance to IT, right? And then the hardest switches are where you're trying to change both. So there has to be a plan for switching. It's not just something you do out of a desire or out of remorse that you're not where you want it to be. Um, working overseas is uh, another challenge people face. It's, a, it's, it's very aspirational. It's very easy to aspire to. I want to work in the UK or the US or Canada or Australia, Dubai, Singapore. You know, people want, want to pursue that lifestyle. They feel that they will have a better quality of life if they, if they worked abroad. Um, another challenge people, uh, working professionals will face is uh, evaluating an opportunity for entrepreneurship. And this is <clears throat> another area where a lot of people burn their hands. They land up, you know, dissolving their life savings because they jumped into business without understanding what it's going to take to run that business. A lot of people don't understand that you have to be willing to pay the price for your success. So you don't open a restaurant business just because you're a great cook. You know, if you're a great cook, cook a meal for your family at home. Don't open a restaurant because that's a, you know, commitment of cost and time and resources. And you're going to have to hire staff. You're going to have to train them. You're going to have to keep the books, uh, deal with vendors, manage food cost, generate demand, get customers, do billing and bookkeeping. There's a lot more you'll have to do beyond cooking that you may not know how to do or you may not enjoy as much. So unless you're willing to pay the price for that success, you know, entrepreneurship can be uh, an experience that can leave one, uh, you know, badly damaged, especially if you don't know how to internalize the value of what it taught you. Even a failed experience has tremendous power to mm -hmm. teach you. Um, Another challenge I'm seeing is the generational communication gap. So if you look at larger companies today, if you look at the workforce today, there are four different generations working across the, the, the workforce. And people who are, let's say, 50, 60 years of age, their communication, their methodology, their understanding of technology is very different versus, you know, the new people coming into the workforce today. So this generational communication gap can cause some distress in in. Uh, and, and be a challenge in communication and how smoothly operations work. Um, an unreasonable culture is another one, you know, where it's all about juicing the employee to the maximum. Uh, there's no respect for your private time. Um, you know, working for an unreasonable boss, somebody who can get very harsh, uh, very difficult to work with. 
um, doesn't have the leadership skills but yet is in a position of power and authority to exert influence over your career. So these are some of the general challenges that I see that that people today are facing in the in the in the job market in the world of employment. All right. Uh, you spoke about the lack of resources challenge. Mm. I can see how this would be frustrating for many mm. professionals. So can you shed more light on this challenge? Right. So uh, I I spoke about this, I think, in another episode as well. You know, when you start a role, you're supposed to have these five conversations with your supervisor. Mm. And these five conversations are one, uh, how do they diagnose the situation, understand what they consider the problem or the opportunity to be. Uh, two, what is their expectation of success? What is their definition of consider considering that you got the job done? So this is your KPIs, your KRAs and all of the soft elements as well as you know things like upholding the company's core values uh, that you need to understand. The third is their management style. How do they want you to report to them? Is it going to be a daily phone call? Is it going to be a daily report email? Is it going to be both a weekly recap of what all got done as far as the strategic objectives are concerned, a monthly meeting to tackle the big issues that you're facing? So, you know, you, you have to fit into their mission. So understanding this is going to be critical. Uh, the fourth conversation is the resources conversation. And that is where you need to understand uh, that you are being provided with the, with the timelines, the, the financial resources and the people resources to be successful. You have to make a case for that because your career is your responsibility. Uh, and the fifth conversation is the conversation around what's in it for you. How will you grow if you're able to deliver the outcomes? Um, <clears throat> see, if the resources are provided to you, then there is no excuse left, mm. right? And a lot of people get into this cover your own behind syndrome where you know, they're splitting hairs and they're, they're getting into conversations that are not productive because despite being provided the resources, they were not able to deliver what they had promised. Now, it could be a problem where they're over-promised and then under-delivered, which is again a challenge that working professionals face, especially to get the job. They set the expectation too high. But even in situations where you know that has not happened, uh, if you've not prepared for these five conversations, if you've not had that resource discussion, then you have left your career to chance. Hmm. So this is definitely something that, that needs to be uh, addressed because, see, you have been hired to solve complexity, to solve difficulty. If it was easy, you would not be needed. So one has to be very clear um, that you're here to tackle a difficult situation. And even if, let's say, 80% of the resources were provided, you know, that still gives you a fair shot at being able to achieve the outcomes. Maybe the timeline would be a little longer. That's absolutely fine. Um, as long as you also make it a, a dynamic and workable solution, I think, you know, an organization will be able to see eye to eye, eye with that. All right. Um... This is something that a lot of working professionals ponder over. Is it better to have a job where one experiences professional fulfillment or a job where one makes more money? Well, it goes back to what you value more. Uh, but I think looking at this as an either or is not the right way to look at it. Yes, these forces do compete. So, I mean, if you look at uh, the two sides of the career coin, 
one side is the financial reward, <clears throat> the salary, the remuneration, the CTC that you get. And the other side is the professional satisfaction or professional fulfillment that you will achieve. And that will only happen if your work is having an impact. So if these are the two sides of the coin, your work-life balance is the edge of that coin, hmm. right? Um, and these forces do compete, but it is possible to have it all. And that only happens when you have the personal development to set up the right parameters and right boundaries. Of course, to do great work, you're going to have to stretch, right? But if that stretching is becoming chronic, you know, if you're staying back every day at the office for another two hours to complete your workload, something is off. It could be off in your efficiency. It could also be off in the culture, right? There was recently a post on LinkedIn where a company had instituted a software where when the shift is over, the computer shuts down. It's like a message comes on screen. Now, I'm giving an exaggerated example here. That message that comes on screen says your shift is over. Please shut down your work and go home. Now, such a post will find a lot of likes on social media. It's very pro-employee. And I can understand the point that was being communicated, but I can tell you this is not going to become a, a policy across organizations, uh, especially for ambitious organizations and ambitious working professionals. But you do have to draw the line somewhere. And it's important that the range at which you are drawing the line and your company is accepting you drawing the line are in the same ballpark, right? So that is what creates a good fit in that environment. Um, so this is something that is that has to be recognized because it's not mutually exclusive completely. Uh, it goes back to understanding the definition of a dream job. So a dream job is a job that pays you incredibly well where your total profile can be applied very relevantly to the extraordinary needs that the company has, the needs that go beyond a job description where you can create breakthrough value and deliver incredible impact. And it also provides you a culture where you fit well. Because when your value system and the company's value system is in alignment, then you will get a much more supportive environment to work in. But if that's not the case, you will keep butting heads with the, with the culture of the company and not be able to play the A-level game. Um, so, see, the salary is the outcome. It measures how effective and how relevant you are. Uh, so, if you look at being a value giver, your ability to influence salary is much greater rather than just worrying about what package you're getting, right? Um, so I, I, I think I've been able to make the point in, in saying this cannot be looked at as two competing forces while they do compete. So there has to be a street smartness in how you perceive this. All right. Um, you were talking about uh, MBA. So what is the value of a postgraduate degree, such as an MBA. Uh, this is something that a lot of professionals uh, need to make a decision about. I think today the world is moving more towards micro-learning, right? Smaller, shorter courses because they are realizing that you can't load somebody up with two, three, four years of education and then expect, it, expect them to use that for the rest of their lives. That said, the MBA, as I was saying earlier, does remain the gold standard for the business community, the business world, if you will. There is value if you do it from the right institution. It cannot just be a rubber stamp. You don't just want to get a line on your resume that says you're an MBA. Um, so if you go to the more premier institutes, one, ones that have uh, an MBA that is very experiential and field-oriented, 
not just you know an MBA that is a program where you get to spend six months in Brazil or six months in the US. It's not just about going international. So that is a very appealing marketing strategy from the institutions, but it has to be applicable. You know, uh, you're making an investment in upskilling yourself to be able to solve greater complexity. So uh, if you go to institutes that are renowned for that, not just the A-grade institutes, institutes who get it right on the ground, uh, that's what you're really looking for in, in an MBA. Uh, because please understand, this should enhance your ability to step into your gift. Your education will open certain doors for you, right? It's the entry to the, the building that is your career, hmm. right? Uh, but it is your results, your hard work that will help you take the elevator to promotions and higher floors. And if you want to make it to the very top, to the terrace, then that track record has to be absolutely stellar. Uh, so an MBA as a strategy to open that door to more appealing environments is a great strategy. It may not be the only strategy you use, but it can be a great strategy. So uh, for the right individuals, for the right career track records, it can be, it can be a huge advantage. But it's also a major investment. You know, an MBA today is not cheap. It's going to cost lakhs of rupees to get an MBA from a, a renowned institution that, that really has got it right. So the costs and benefits have to be evaluated. All right. Uh, working abroad is a very appealing prospect for a lot of professionals. Um, so if one wants to start working on international opportunities, what, is, what do they need to keep in mind? See, this game becomes much easier if you already have immigrational access to that nation. Hmm. So if you're already a permanent resident of Australia or Canada, then that entire economy is open to you. You can apply for all of the jobs that are posted in that economy. Uh, otherwise, unless you have a very compelling value proposition, there is going to be locally available talent that you're going to be competing with. And sponsoring someone for coming abroad doesn't make sense if you can hire those skills locally, right? It's a much more cumbersome, time-involving, cost-involving, you know, process. And it's a bigger commitment to somebody you don't know. So it's not easy to do that. The place where it does happen is the unpublished job market. So the published job market is the market where all of the jobs are posted. You know, this is where a job carries a full job description, uh, but they are standard jobs. Right? So there's a job description that you read, you understand this is what they are hiring you for. You solve that problem, you get standard pay. The, and it's a very competitive market because for every position, hundreds of people are going to apply, uh, especially if it's an appealing position with an appealing organization. Uh, but the unpublished job market is the job market where the position is never posted. Hmm. And that is the job market where you are solving extraordinary problems. You're solving problems that go beyond job descriptions. And because there's nothing posted, it's not competitive like the published job market. You are creating this position for yourself based on doing research on the company in what are these extraordinary problems, these problems that truly keep them up at night, and then creating a value proposition that helps them solve these problems or capitalize on these opportunities, whatever the case may be. Now, this works really well when candidates are targeting companies abroad. We today have students that have gone to over 27 countries, hmm. South Korea, Japan, Vietnam, 
uh, Indonesia, uh, Colombia in South America, the United States, Canada, Dubai, Singapore, um, several Schengen nations. Um, I was just speaking to a, a student yesterday who's taken up an opportunity in Germany um, in speech analytics. Uh, so artificial intelligence and speech analytics. So, you know, there's this can be done and it can be done right if you master the system that can deliver this as an outcome. Because otherwise you'll phrase, face that immigrational barrier to entry, right? Um, so if you don't have the funds or you don't have the uh, wherewithal to solve the immigrational hurdle up front, then this is not going to be, uh, you know, a realistic possibility. So the way to overcome this is to create that compelling value proposition. So, All right. So with that, we've come to the end of this episode. Uh, anyone who is watching this or listening to us uh, wants to learn more about how they can engage with you and how they can start the journey of building an exceptional career with you, uh, what can they do? Um, come attend our masterclass. Come attend our masterclass and, uh, you know, that will help you understand how to take things forward. Understand the framework because the framework is incredibly powerful. It can lead to uh, your salary increasing in multiples um, and it can help you target any company and any job that you want and open those doors for you. It's very employee pro. So this was an effort to take the power back from the hiring company and put it in the hands of the, the candidate. So that's what I would say. Just go to our website, savankapoor.com or engage with us on social media and you'll find the link to come attend our, our uh, four-hour free masterclass. We'll also put it in the description. Lovely. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Career Headquarters, the most comprehensive career podcast dedicated to building exceptional careers. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share this with someone you think would benefit from the ideas and the insights shared on this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, Google, Overcast, Castro, or Breaker. If you want to learn more about building an extraordinary career for yourself, I invite you to come attend my free Power Up Your Career live workshop. In this workshop, I will teach you the step-by-step -step process of landing your dream job in less than 90 days. The link to register is in the description below and I will see you live at the workshop.